most people know you as from your college days, one of the best three-point shooters in the country. What goes into the mindset of being like one, the persona that goes into being the shooter, like everybody's on, on the bench, shooter, shooter, you got a shooter coming. That on top of, you know, I gotta make shots. Like I gotta continue to make shots. I missed six in a row. I have to make this seventh one. Like what, what's going through your mind? It's a growing, growing process, honestly. Uh, I think, you know, my mindset now probably is even better than it was last year and, you know, the year before that. So it's kind of something that's always evolving. I think it, it comes back to the confidence that you got to have is the work that you put in, ultimately. Uh, that's the biggest thing. And that kind of just overrides any pressure or nervousness that might come out of, like you said, you know, there's an expectation that, that you got to make some shots. Yeah, I, I shot, what, seven, eight threes a game. I'm probably going to have a game or two. And we both had them where you're one for eight, you know, 0 for eight even. And it's like, yeah, you get out and you're like, yeah, I, I just lost us that game, I feel like. And you get in there, it's like, games are going to happen, Funk. Like, you go and watch film the next day, you're like, should have probably shouldn't have shot that, right, Coach? And Coach is like, no, like, and you're going to shoot it again next game, too. It's gone! Miles Trent becomes a 38th player in the history of Nittany basketball to go over 1,000 career points. What's up, everybody? It's Miles Dredd host of the heat check presented by state media super excited to have you guys on the show we're going to have weekly episodes with former penn state basketball players and other hoopers across the big 10 check us out on apple spotify and youtube and don't forget to like comment and subscribe we really appreciate you guys support enjoy the show College football tees, college basketball tees, whatever you need, Mercury has you covered with the best merch out there. We're talking about high-quality clothing, inexpensive, and the best part is I have a 15% discount for everybody who goes and gets some right now. Use the code below, hit the link in the description, and go get your merch now. Use the code to get 15% off. What are you waiting on? Go do it. Welcome back to the new episode of The Heat Check with Miles Dredd. I have a great guest today. My twin, this is my guy. You know, we, we went through a lot of battles together, ups and downs. I've known him for a very long time. You know, the first time I ever played against him, we kind of kicked his ass a little bit. But, <laughs> but today we got my guy, Andrew Funk, the shooter, on with us today. Funky, what's up, brother? What's up, man? I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, that uh, those AU battles used to get bad for me. I'm, I'm going to put that out there now. I'm not even going to try and... Try and spin it any other way. Those uh, those T boys used to have our number. I, I will not lie. <laughs> you guys are the team that like everybody be like, man, who, who are these bunch of white guys coming out here kicking everybody's ass? And then we're like, all right, we know these guys can play. Let's 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 not even play around with them. Let's get them out of here. Um, <laughs> That's great. Well, let's 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 get started. Let's first and foremost, most people know you as one of the best three point shooters from your college days, one of the best three-point shooters in the country. What goes into the mindset of being, like one, the persona that goes into being the shooter, like everybody's on, on the bench, shooter, shooter, you got a shooter coming. That on top of, you know, I got to make shots. Like I got to continue to make shots. I missed six in a row. I have to make this seventh one. Like what, what's going through your mind? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a growing, growing process, honestly. Uh, I think, you know, my mindset now probably is even better than it was last year and, you know, the year before that. So it's kind of something that's always evolving. Um, I think it, it comes back to the confidence that you got to have is the work that you put in, ultimately. Uh, that's the biggest thing. And that kind of just overrides any pressure or nervousness that might come out of, like you said, you know, there's an expectation that, that you got to make some shots. 
Um, but honestly, uh, another big thing with me, like, and I especially felt it last year, was just like the trust that you guys had in me, like the coaching staff had in me. That like, yeah, I, I shot what seven, eight threes a game. I'm, I'm probably gonna have a game or two, and we both had them. Where you're one for eight, you know, zero oh for eight even. And it's like, yeah, you get out and you're like, yeah, I, I just lost us that game. I feel like, and you get in there, it's like. Games are gonna happen, Funk. Like you go and watch film the next day. Like shouldn't probably shouldn't have shot that, right, Coach? Coach is like, no. Like, and you're gonna shoot it again next game too. Um, so I think that's something that I, you know, really fell back on a lot as uh, last year really progressed. Um, so I think you know those things are huge that people really don't think about uh, in terms of you know the mindset of being a shooter. I guess. Yeah, I think for me, I, it was like so cool to have the ultimate green light to take shots. It made, it made me a better player, a better shooter. But then I, it wasn't just the green light from the coaches. It was like, I hear, I'd, I'd pass up a shot and funk yelling, yo, why didn't you shoot that? What you doing? Like, 100%. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. And like, I feel like it's like kind of almost like a cliche that coaches say like to players, like player led team is always better. Like we want to hear from you know, your guys and not the, the coaches, but like, it's so true. It's so like, it, it, it's different when like you're, you know, 10 minutes left in the second half, you're down three, you know, you pass up a shot and your teammates like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, that's your job. Like that, that's what you're supposed to do out here. Um, so I think, like you said, like that dynamic that we had last year really just, it frees you up mentally a lot, which, which just goes a long way. Even before last year, I will say Coach Chambers said something to me one time that changed, like, that changed my life as a basketball player, as a shooter. I missed, I think I had like a five game stretch where I made like two threes in five games. And he was like, do your job. Like, make shots. That's your job. Don't do anything else. Do your job. I yeah. Wow. I've never heard somebody talk about making shots. Like, I'm like, making shots is an imperfect thing. Like, it is. It is. And that's, it's something that, like, it's something that you just have to accept at some point. Yeah. Uh, one, one of my best friends, his name is Walter Ellis. He's actually, he went to Bucknell with me for three years. He's on my team now in, in Grand Rapids. And he's a shooter, too. We always say you're, you're either uh, you're either hot or you're due. And, you know, that's that's what you got to stick with. Uh exactly. Any other mindset, you know, that's when the, the downhills really, you know, turn into five games, ten games instead of, you know, one to two games. So I think yeah, there's a lot of different kind of mindsets you can have with it, but uh, it, it's something that's, like I said, it's just evolving. So what's the worst shooting slump that you can vividly remember you, yourself having? And how did you get out of it? I'm in one right now, honestly, but it's, it's probably not the worst one I've ever been in. Um, but, like, I'm in one right now. Uh, I think the worst one I probably had um, – I started my freshman year at Bucknell 0 for 12 from 3. It was like my first, I don't think I made a 3 until like, I don't even know, dude, maybe like my 7th or 8th game. Mm. Um, and coming in as a freshman, like, they trusted me to play a little bit. I was on a really good team my freshman year. We went to the Patriot League Championship. Like, I was playing like, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game, which I was like, I was hype about because, like I said, I was on a really good team. And uh, I come out, I'm 0 for 12. I'm like, dude, like, this is horrible. Like, I'm going to get benched. I'm never going to play. Uh, and then I hit, like, three threes in, like, some, like, throw, like, not, like, uh, like some random non-conference game against Monmouth. Yeah. Uh, and then I shot, like, 40, like, 42% the rest of the way. And it was, like, I felt more comfortable. But that was one that, like, I really struggled with. And especially being younger, like, I think I just really need to see the ball go in the net because, 
transit like transition from high school to college in my opinion was like probably the hardest transition i ever had to make you know i remember when i first got to bucknell dude like the first two weeks of strength training in the summer i don't think i hit the rim on a shot dude like i was like oh it was like until like that part later i'm like dude these dudes are gonna think i suck like maybe they're gonna maybe transfer like i don't even know um so i think that's probably my most vivid one um and then I think ultimately it just comes out of trust in your work. Like when I be when I'm in shooting slumps, I don't like I don't really get extra reps up. I don't like overthink what I'm doing because I'm I'm already in my opinion I'm already doing everything I need to do to be the shooter that I need to be. So I'm not going to overcomplicate things that I think are already you know I'm I'm already good with. Yeah. Um, so I think just trust in your work is is ultimately what it comes down to when you're in, in slumps like that. But uh, no, it's it's an interesting mental battle for sure. So. When you go through those shooting slumps, you get a lot of voices, right? A lot of people in your ear. Mm-hmm. You need to do this, and why is he still shooting? And right. people on social media who know absolutely nothing about basketball, right? Like, I've seen some completely outrageous comments <laughs> from people like, why is Andrew Funk still shooting? Uh, yeah. You're I- like... I think the the correct answer is like you don't see those that stuff, but yeah. you do. Everybody like it doesn't does. matter. It's like you you hit like a wrong button on Twitter, and like mm-hmm. you're like getting like hidden DMs that you've never seen before from like accounts of three followers. And you're like I was like, I'm trying, dude. Like I'm not sure what to tell you. Yeah, uh, so it's a crazy uh, kind of world that you live in in that in that college basketball world. It's funny. So like, how do you deal with that? Kind of putting those walls up, right? Like. You, you have so many different voices just coming at you all the time, like mm-hmm. coaches, AAU coaches, high school coaches, teammates, former teammates, your mom and dad, you know, brother, you got what? You got about 12 brothers, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I got five brothers. Yeah. Hide that or get, get away from that noise. It's, um, I, I'm, I think I'm fortunate. I have a great, like, circle. Like, my mom and my dad, like, they care, and, and my brothers care more than anything, but, like, they they know the line that yeah. they're not to cross. You know what I mean? Like, that's important. Um, you know, my parents always taught me, like, growing up, like, listen to your coach, like, whoever your coach is. Like, my, my dad didn't always coach me, so, like, whoever your coach is, you know, they're the one volunteering their time. They're, they're doing what they want to do to help you out. You know, listen to them. And, you know, it, it wasn't never anything like, uh, you know, like – retaliate or anything like that so I think you know that kind of inner circle that I had was really good for me um and I think I was also blessed with some really good coaches too like even going back to Bucknell I think coach Davis really trusted me at Penn State obviously coach Shrewsbury trusted us all and like that instilled confidence in you I think helps you kind of like you said kind of build those walls and and kind of trust in that I think I'm doing the right thing and I'm going to trust the people around me that we're all working toward the same thing. Um, so I think, you know, like I said, that, that inner circle that I have really helped kind of instill that in me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really grateful for that. So dealing with criticism, right? A lot of people can't handle that. A lot of people, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not one to judge people for making the decisions that they make. Right. But hopping in the transfer portal, you were a person that hopped in the portal, but you have your own reasons. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about the people who may be hopping in a transfer portal a little early? 
or not giving themselves a chance to fail, get better, and then succeed. They're, they're kind of missing that, you know, not everything is a, a yellow brick road, right? Absolutely. No, it's um, it's a tough line to, to balance, I think, because, like, everyone's situation is different. I don't want to sound like I'm, like, calling anyone out. But for me, like, you know, I, pr- I probably had – uh, a chance to transfer probably after my junior year from Bucknell. I, I was really the only senior on my team uh, my senior year at Bucknell. And not that I thought we were going to be bad going into the year, but I was like, oh, I got this extra COVID year. Like, maybe I got two years. Um, but like you said, I, I just feel like you have to go through hard things sometimes. And, and I feel like that's kind of something that's kind of being lost upon uh, a, a chunk of people and that, you know, ultimately going through those hard times helps. And, and that's what, you know, on the other side of hard uh, is some really rewarding things. Um, so I think, uh, like I said, everyone's situation is different. That might not apply to someone, you know, in a freshman and sophomore college who's not playing a ton right now. Maybe that situation isn't right for them. Um, but I think ultimately what you have to do before really hopping in that portal is, you know, take a look at yourself. You know, are, am I doing everything that I need to do? Like, I, a bunch of people have said it, but I, I heard Kobe say it before. It's like, I need to make it undeniable that I should be playing in this game. Like, am I doing everything that I should to make sure that coach is putting me in? And, you know, if I am and things don't shake out my way, yeah, then maybe it's time to look at, uh, you know, alternatives. But uh, I think, you know, at the end of the day, taking that look in the mirror can be a you know really rewarding thing sometimes. Ladies and gentlemen, for the people who don't know, Andrew Funk is a part of a very, very small basketball world. The fact that he is in the NBA G League right now, playing with Jalen Pickett, Colin Gillespie, mm-hmm. Jamari Wheeler. Yep, recent addition to the team. Walter Ellis, his former college teammate. Mm-hmm. And Hunter Tyson, who we just lost to last year at Clemson. Yeah. All of these people are like relatively tight knit. They're one teammate, one person away from knowing each other for multiple years. Like how, how does that kind of, is that weird going into the locker room, seeing guys that you're like, Oh, I remember you. I know you. Before. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, dude. And like, I talk about trans, like I talked about earlier that high school to college transition and stuff. Like, I just find transitions in general tough, like in life, like going from Bucknell to Penn State at, at the beginning was a little difficult for me. So I was really worried about this, like going from college basketball, you know, turning into a you know career. Uh, and like that, just the way it worked out, like you said, with all those the guys you just mentioned and all those connections, like I'm so grateful for it. Like it couldn't have worked out any better. Um, it's just I'll call it for fortuitous circumstances, I guess. Um, but it's it's been really a blessing, and uh, it's made that transition into you know professional basketball that much easier. And um, yeah, dude, there's like they're literally my guys. It's just from and really from every stage. Like I've known Colin Gillespie since we were in like sixth grade. Like we've been best friends since high school. Like Walter, we lived together for three years. Jalen ended up getting drafted, and he's spending some time with us. Like it's it's. It's all just crazy how it comes together full circle in, in the basketball world so many times. It's nuts. So, being in the G League, playing in the Big Ten, even in even at Bucknell, you know, there, there's some dudes in the Patriot League, right? Sure are. Who's the one player? Let, you know what? Let's just focus on the Big Ten. I want to focus on the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Who's the one player in the Big Ten that you played against that after the game you were like, whew, he, <laughs> he, he might have got the best of me today. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I I think last year it had to be one of the bigs. Like, 
after uh, I think it had to be Trace after that Indiana game. Uh, you know that semifinal game in the Big Ten tournament. Dude, I had a, I had a couple of ones where I was I was tagging a short roll. I, I was getting out the way a couple of times. I can't even lie because he's yeah. he's just a dynamic athlete, and you know obviously the way we played, like you were at that small ball five a lot, and so like we were all kind of playing from a disadvantage to begin with on the defensive end. Um, and so when you know that, and you're like, yeah, like all five guys probably got help on this guy, and he's still kind of getting the best of you uh, a decent amount. It's um, it's a little bit deflating, but obviously, you know, we end up getting, getting, getting the best of them that game. But I think that's one game and, and player that I come back to that it's like, yeah, like that, that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I have a weird opinion because like I kind of transitioned to multiple different positions in my career. Sure. Like earlier on, I was playing out of the two, right? So like my freshman year, I had to guard James Palmer. For the people who don't know who that is, James Palmer played at at Miami first and transferred to Nebraska. Right. He was the top of our scouting report, and he was such a difficult check. Mm-hmm. He was right-handed, but shot better going left. <laughs> better going left. Right. Two threes. He was like 6'6 six, six with long arms, and I'm out there as a freshman just like, all right, I got to – Right. He's right-handed. <laughs> Go left. That's right. Don't, don't jump for it. Like – so it was him. Obviously, seeing Carson Edwards my freshman year, I didn't think of that. Changed my perception of how people could score the basketball. He put that biscuit in that basket, boy. That that turnaround that he had was one of the craziest things I've ever seen, honestly. So Brandon Slater, mm-hmm. one of my best friends, he's playing at Villanova. He's sitting on the bench. He didn't play as much as freshman year. Right. He he kind of called me earlier in the season, kind of laughing almost. Like, you let Carson Edwards put up 38, 39, whatever it was. <laughs> I was like, dude, he's different, man. I'm trying to tell you, he is different. Like, he, he just scores it unconsciously. Like, literally. He just, he's just so aggressive, but he's not talking trash or anything like that. He's just, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get 20, and you better hope I don't get 40. <laughs> right. It's containing him at that point. <laughs> and he's like, after the tournament game, he calls me. He's like, bro, you were right. I'm like, dude, I told you. Yeah, they beat them in the tournament that they year. They beat right? them in the tournament that year. He's like, bro, I've never seen nobody just unconsciously just going to score like that. Like, right. It was almost like he had no other responsibilities on the court but to shoot the ball. Well, especially you said you're a freshman when uh, you're playing him. Like you're you're memorizing that scout. You're like, if I get matched on to him, like I gotta know everything. I gotta know everything that he's doing, and And it it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it it doesn't matter at all. Nothing matters. (laughs) And of course, Zach Eady, man. Like I'm I'm six four, right? He he is a massive seven foot four man. Like he's not. You know, I don't know if people remember. Matt Arms that went to Purdue, like yeah. was tall, but I could kind of push him out of the post a little bit. Zach Eady, he got tree trunks for legs. He's stronger than he looks, and he looks strong, but he's right. way stronger than he looks. Mm-hmm. And he got great feet, great hands, great touch around the rim. Well, that's the thing. Even when you did manage to push him out, you know, two, three feet from the spot that he wants it, he's still extending that hook shot out to, you know, what is it, eight, ten feet? And that's yeah. when it's really, like, what do you do at that point? And that's what's crazy about your your journey, too. Like, going into freshman year at Penn State, would you ever think, like, yeah, I'm going to be guarding a 7-4 dude as a fifth-year senior playing a small ball five here? Like, it's crazy to think about that. <laughs> no way. 
No, uh, I knew I always I will say I always knew that I was tough enough to do it. So like all the coaches that I've had had faith in me to and if we were going small for whatever reason and I was at the three or the four. Right. Switch and guard the five and be fine for a possession or two. Right. But then that turned to all right, a possession or two to a, a half or two. From a half or two to, all right, you got traits today. I'm like, oh, great. That transition was crazy, man. You're really like, we said like the bigs in the Big Ten last year and like it continues, but like we kind of just zigged what everyone else zagged. You know what I mean? It was just like we we were content to kind of do what we thought was best for us and what was going to work for us. And it it worked, which was really cool. Yeah, we did have a 42-year-old point guard that liked to (laughs) stop. YMCA game, man. Hey, I've, hey, he's, he's played with me last hey. year. Still three months. It's still working. I'll tell you that much. That's ridiculous. It's going to keep working. That's crazy. <laughs> so, Funk, I, I do – I will be remiss to not bring up the Texas A&M game. Something that many people will remember for years and years and years to come, right? I was passing up shots. <laughs> trying to get you the ball because I knew from the first three that you hit right in front of Buzz Williams at the hash mark. I was like, Oh, he's on fire. (laughs) I didn't even have, I didn't even, I wasn't even worried about the rest of the game. I was like, Oh, we're not losing. No shot, (laughs) man. You came out there and you lit the tournament on fire. Yeah. Like do people still come up to you and say like, bro, I remember from Texas A&M, like, how, how does that how does that feel that you were on on CBS on you know March Madness like that was the first time you really went and got to like showcase what you could do how does that how does that feel Nah man it was it was awesome yeah I actually I had like it was like two or three weeks ago I was like it was we had a game in Grand Rapids uh, Michigan for those those of you who don't know um, and the whole game like. I hear people screaming my name, and, like, I'm thinking, like, I don't have any family in the stands. Like, I don't know who's here, like, screaming my name, cheering for me this hard. And then these kids come up to me after the game. They're, like, five college-age kids. Uh, and they're like, yeah, dude, like, we love you. We're like, like, we saw your game in the tournament last year, and we, we've been huge fans ever since. I was like, oh, like, no other connection? You're just, like, from Michigan? You just enjoyed the game? They're like, yeah. And that's when I was really, like, I, the, like that game really changed my life. Like, it's yeah. really crazy. Um, yeah, that was – it was kind of the biggest time – like, the biggest time I've ever really, like, blacked out in a game. Like, I couldn't really tell you a, a whole lot that happened. Like, I've, obviously, I've seen the highlights, so like, that comes back to me. But, like, a lot of that game, I don't really – like you said, after I hit that first shot, it was kind of a different zone than I'd ever gone into. And uh, like you said, like, you guys started looking for me, and I don't know how it kind of worked out, but you guys knew um, – and I think we, we all just played great that game, too, like, defensively. Like, Texas a was playing really well at that point. They were a really good team. Um, and, like, I, I think we were all just kind of locked in. That was the kind of basketball we were playing at that point, though, dude. Like, we were playing such good basketball, you know? We were playing so connected. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Found, we found whatever we needed to find right at the correct time. Yeah. And I felt like had we beat Texas – like, and I know if, if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk, you know, whatever. Everyone says it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. I really think we were a Final Four level team. No, we had some juice, dude. And, like, yeah, that, that's, like, the greed of part of me that, like, I, I think about that a lot. Like, yeah. we had some talent, dude. And, 
like you said, I, I know Shrews said it a lot during that run, um, and it didn't really hit me till after, but, like, we were really playing single elimination games for the last month of the season, pretty much. Yeah. And, like, against, I'm pretty sure at least half, probably more, were, like, quad one teams and mm-hmm. quad one games. Yeah. So, like, when you put it like that, too, uh, it was it was a high level, and it was, it was like, special to be a part of. So it was something I hadn't experienced before. That was really cool. I mean, if you go back and look, we went Northwestern, who ended up second in the league, right? To Maryland, who was Maryland, who was, was right from being second in the league, right? To Illinois, Indiana. I'm sorry, Illinois, Northwestern, Northwestern again, Indiana, and then ultimately Purdue. Wow, it's a crazy run, dude. Wow. And the Texas, I mean, the Texas was playing. I, I, I also think with Texas, like the way that they were playing, if the Sioux probably didn't get hurt in the game that he had against us, they probably could have made a deeper run too. Like no question. playing some really good teams. Yeah, that's all I have for you today, brother. You know better than anybody that you know you can call me for anything. Love you, brother. Thank you so much for doing this for me. For the fans that don't know, Funky, we today is Sunday. But we usually go to Sunday Mo's. I didn't get a chance to go Southwest Grill, get a stack, take it back home, watch Sunday football. I'm rooting for my Lions tonight. Let's hope we can go get the dub. Funk, thank you so much for coming on. This is Miles with the Heat Check. Peace. Yes, sir. What's up, everybody? Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Heat Check. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe so we can continue to have big-time guests and create great content for you guys. And if you haven't yet, check us out on social media in the links below. Really appreciate you guys' support. We'll see you next week.